What's up, Owl Nation? It is November 12th. I'm Jay Tyrion alongside Ken Sweet. And Ken, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I had a little bit of a break here, though. Like, we kind of had a week off. I think we missed an episode somewhere. Oh, no. We, we had an episode last week. We have one today. Right. One a week. Yeah. Down on the back a little bit. We got to step it up a little bit. We got to, we got to, we got to, we got to, we got to get it going a little bit more. We'll get it going. Yeah. We'll get it going. So how you been? How's everything? Good. But now everything's going good. We we some excitement at home. Um, you know, otherwise it's been, been kind of quiet at work. We're, we're just kind of waiting to get back into it, you know? Yeah. We've had, uh, you know, some teams training this week, which is good to see. Um, you know, some teams getting back out there. Yeah, we Always got love to see that. Got some life in the field house again. Some some yep. some kids working out and uh, teams are getting into it, and it, it's starting to starting to look a little more lively around here. And uh, hopefully, we'll we'll be able to get go get going uh, beginning of the year. Yeah, can't wait for January. See what uh see what we have in store. How the Giants doing, man? I haven't I haven't been. Oh, they had a nice Giants. win last weekend versus Washington football team. Big game this Sunday versus the Eagles. Can get right back in the uh, the NFC East race with a win. How about your 49ers? Not great. Not great at all. Who they, who they play last week? They lost. Who was it? Well, Packers. The Packers. Yeah. Yeah, the Packers drilled the uh, 49ers third string lineup. What, what? Team decimated with, with injuries. Yeah. Oh, that was C Thursday team. night. That was Thursday night. They beat the C team, the JV team. Yep. Played like the JV scout team. Yep. Tonight we got a nice little matchup. We got the Tennessee Titans and the uh, Indianapolis Colts. That'll be a good game. That'll be a, a big, big game. Uh, big game in the AFC North. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, I don't know if anyone heard who who answered the Packer question. I want to bring in our guests right now. I'm, I'm excited for both of our guests today. Let's do it. It's uh, Tim Quill and C.J. Moran. Tim Quill is the head coach of the men and women's diving and swim team. C.J.'s assistant. Welcome. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Doing well. Appreciate you inviting us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, we want to. Uh, we had, we had to get you on the podcast. We had to. We wanted to congratulate you and make sure that we're we're recognizing the any ten top forty, the fortieth anniversary uh, top forty individuals in the history of the any ten. And uh, you you were named uh, as as one of that those top forty individuals for your incredible uh, coaching career that you've had at Southern Connecticut over the last uh, well since you joined the any ten in nineteen ninety three. Uh, 1998, 2003, uh, I'm sorry. 2003. 2003. Yeah, since 2003, Tim has guided the program to 26 NE10 conference championships, 13 on both sides. Um, you've coached 24, excuse me, you're the 24-time NE10 coach of the year. I mean, just incredible. So congratulations, coach, all Thanks. your hard work. Thanks. I, uh, I share that with all my uh, assistant coaches. Yeah, congrats, too. CJ, too. Oh, thank you. It's been a dynasty. I mean, it, it, it's really been a, a pretty incredible career to watch and, and, and follow. You, you know, uh, the, all the success, success you guys have had, not only the, the team championships, but the, the national championships that have come over time, the, the All-Americans and the all-time great swimmers that have come through here in the last uh, uh, 20 years or so. Yeah, we've been fortunate. But, you know, it dates back much, much further than, uh, you know, my tenure here. It started in 1959, 1960 with uh, Bruce Hutchinson. And, you know, we're just trying to continue the, uh, the tradition here. So, Coach, can you tell us, you know, your journey through coaching? Where did you start coaching? Where did you get the passion for coaching swimming? And, you know, what led you to Southern Connecticut State University? <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, it started as a substitute teacher at Wilby High School. I met a gentleman by the name of Ed Aston. 
and uh, he asked me to take over the high school boys team for a couple seasons and uh, enjoyed it. Really yeah. enjoyed it. I never thought that I would get involved in coaching. And um, then uh, the Cheshire YMCA job opened up in the early 90s and had a nice nine-year stretch there and learned an awful lot about the sport of swimming when it, in, in regards to coaching. Uh, learned a lot from Ed Aston and uh, was fortunate to get the uh, job here in 1998. Coach Aston, another Southern Connecticut alum. Correct, correct, and probably one, arguably one of the uh, best high school coaches in uh, in in the country in, in swimming and diving. I was going to say, like his records, are absolutely incredible. I mean, the, the winning record that that he had going uh, for so long is, is just impressive. He's won every award in the book, and, and you know, as as a Southern alum this year, you had to be proud of that, and and learn from somebody like that, and then take the reins here. Um, is is got to be such an uh, an accomplishment in your oh, life? Absolutely, you know, you 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 take bits and pieces from the people that you work with, uh, your previous coaches, your family, your parents, and uh, you know, hopefully that creates the type of coach that that you're able to become through your career because you know you're a product of your own society. So, um, you know, I've been fortunate to have some good coaches through my through my lifetime and been able to hopefully, uh, you know, pass that along to uh, the student athletes that we work with today. So, you know, you mentioned alumni and we have an alumni in the room who, who swam for you, CJ Moran. So CJ, how about, how about you? What was your journey to coaching and, you know, how was it, co- uh, you know, swimming for Coach Quill? Well, it's funny. My relationship with Tim is almost 30 years old because he was actually my first coach ever when I started swimming, when I uh, began my freshman year of high school. He was the Y coach in Cheshire. Awesome. Um, And then my senior year here was his first year here. Okay. Um, And we were not the greatest team back then. Um, You know, not that we didn't work hard, but as far as talent went, we didn't have a lot on there. Um, Nine strong. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Numbers were low. And uh, at that point, it was a men's program um, over here and a women's program that trained over at Pell's. You know, and then after my competitive eligibility was up, I worked as a volunteer assistant one year. And then Ting gave me the opportunity the following year, once I graduated, um, to be a part-time assistant coach with him. And I feel like that's when my coaching journey kind of began. And after a brief year off to sell roofing, siding, and windows, working <laughs> on commission, which really made no money for me, um, I came back in 2002 and coached till 2005, um, you know, until I had left for 10 years, worked as an ABA therapist, and had the opportunity to come back in 2015, and uh, was the best decision I've made in my life. So Awesome. Best decision I made, <laughs> bringing him back. You know, you, you you surround yourself with with good quality people, and right. and that's what helps make a program successful. And uh, CJ has certainly uh, you know been been a big part of that. Uh, just recently, you know, I mean, we've had a number of assistant coaches that have come through the ranks here at Southern, but uh, CJ by far has done a phenomenal job. And you know, you can see it this year just on the recruiting end. You know, we have uh, probably arguably one of our best recruiting seasons already uh already going and it's only november speaking of recruiting interesting you know you guys are in a time-based sport so when you're when you're out recruiting you know what are you looking for are you looking are you looking at the times are you know you're entering a pool and, and you're hearing hearing a kick and like wow that that's a kick right there that's that's speed you know what are you what are you guys looking for you know when you're going out and recruiting well i mean i think times are very important i'm gonna let cj hit on this a little bit but um you know times are obviously the most important you know, yeah. but but I think what we look at is the progress that a student athlete has made through the high school career. 
You know, we, we want to see them continuing to make improvements all the way up into their senior year. Um, you know, and then, you know, just bringing them in on a recruiting visit and getting to meet them and getting to uh, meet their family. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily always the right fit. But, um, you know, we've, we've, been, we've been fortunate because we have a lot of student-athletes that are interested in our program. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's helped. You know, I mean, it, 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 it helps gel the program. It helps, uh, you know, you know we're, we're only as good as the personnel that we have. And every year you can't replace seniors, but you bring in another group of student-athletes and see how they develop over three, four years. So you talk about you, you follow a, a kid through high school. And you see how much they develop and over time, and that's what you look at. Do you, when you bring somebody in, do you, you you're trying to develop them more? Absolutely correct. You 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 kind of have an idea of how far you're going to be able to take them. Yeah, we're we're not we're not looking at them as how good they're going to be in six months. It's a three and a half year stint that they spend, uh, you know, in college as far as their athletic ability uh, eligibility is concerned. But we're, we're kind of looking at what kind of student athlete can they become over a period of three plus years. So, you know, because there's a lot of development that occurs in college. You know, most student athletes have not lifted yet. They haven't done double sessions. Most of them have not even competed for a six-month season. Most high school seasons are only three months long. So, you know, there's a lot of factors that we're kind of looking at when we're, uh, when we're recruiting them. But I'll be honest with you, this program has always been about opportunity started with Bruce Hutchinson. I don't think we've ever really turned down a student athlete ever since they've ever since I've been here. Not necessarily ever every student athlete makes it, but um, you know, I think that we've always provided the opportunity to anybody who's willing to try. Has there has there ever been a student athlete that really exceeded your expectations? Yeah, Dan maybe, Longo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, maybe you got to the end of their career and was, and, and, and looked at him and said Wow, I, I didn't see that coming. Like that was really impressive. <laughs> Dan Longo, yeah, was, what, tell us a story about Dan Longo. Dan Longo was a six-minute five hundred freestyler, and I think he went didn't break five minutes. But uh, in four years here, as uh, one of our first recruiting classes, and he was like five O's in the five hundred free. And you know, you just love to see stuff like that. You know, those late bloomers, those green type athletes that come in and have not really worked hard yet in their, in their career. Well, they may think that they've worked hard, but then they come here and they find out that they've done nothing <laughs> yet. But, um, yeah, you know, that, I think that's the, uh, I think that's, that's what brings us back to the sport. You know, it's what keeps us going because, uh, you know, it's just great to just watch them develop as a student athlete over their career. How hard do you work your student athletes? They work hard. I know the, I know the answer to this because I, I hear it from them periodically. No yeah. complaints, but, oh, we got to be in the pool at 6 a.m. Well, you know, hey, I think 6 a.m. is not, not an easy time to uh, get up, especially in college, you know, when a lot of students are just getting back in, maybe not this year, but getting back into the dorm at midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, our student athletes have to be at the pool at 545 for a 6 o'clock workout. Yeah, I think that they, I think they work hard. I, I don't think... I don't think too many are really surprised with what they see in the, in the workout on a daily basis, but it's just, it's a process, you know, we're, we're, we're building them up first, I guess, in a lot of regards, you break them down so that you can build them up, you know, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it is demanding. It is a very demanding sport. It requires full 20 hours a week, six days a week, up to four hours of practice time. 
traveling on the weekends, swim meets. Uh, it pretty much runs the full gamut of an academic year, you know, from September all the way to May. Yeah, you know, you talk about how important training is. CJ, how important is, you know, training and, you know, you know, we talk about detraining and how important is it to, to stay in the pool and, and continue training, you know, up until the, the big championship meet? Well, it, it's really important. And, and it was funny a couple of years ago when Michael Phelps came on campus and was, was talking to the uh, to the university and a lot of swimmers were in the crowd, you know, and, and he was talking about, um, you know, how he never took one day off during a, uh, was it a seven year period? And the, and the reason being was because most, most kids take one day off, you know, one day a week. But yep. they, the idea in swimming is that when you take one day off, it takes you two days to get back to the point where you were. So his thinking is the best swimmer in the history of the sport was, well, I'm going to be that many more days ahead of people. So, you know, for us, even our kids that swim all summer through their, you know, the furthest meet they can get to, they're done at the beginning of August. So when we start up in September, we really kind of get into it gradually, you know, cause we know mm-hmm. that the kids are going to need to get back into shape. Um, so it's very important. You know, we use September through December, I think to really get the kids in pretty good shape. And then you use the end of December and January to fine tune them and get ready for a championship season. Um, so, you know, this year was going to be difficult as everything was. I mean, we were getting, I think we got a max to about 11 hours a week you know, swimming oh. just because of some of the, the COVID protocols and in small group sizes and stuff. And, um, you know, we've had a couple setbacks here and there. Um, so this year could definitely be interesting at the end of the year with not getting a full uh, season of training in. But um, we're, we're ready to make the adjustments that we need to do to put ourselves in a position to compete for a title this year if we get to that particular point. You know, the funny thing is that, uh, you know, we're – the athletes are putting in 11 hours a week, but the coaching staff has never worked this hard before in their, <laughs> in our lives because, you know, we have to do six to seven hours of practice time just to get everybody through the door, just to get that one and a half hours in each day. It, it seems to be the, the trend when you, when you talk to people in college athletics, everyone's, well, people for, who aren't in college athletics, who I talk to say, wow, it must be kind of slow right now. You don't have any, any any sports going on. And I was like, yeah, my Saturdays are a lot more wide open now in the fall. But, I, I, you know, I feel like there's so much more that needs to be done just to get ready now, just because we can. Is there anything like that on your end? Oh, I mean, we're, yeah. we're, we feel that every single day. You know, I, I, think, I think our stress comes more from the unknown and the, uh, you know, how fluid things still are. You know, we don't, we have no idea really what's going to happen, you know, tomorrow. You know, I mean, we're, yeah. we're dealing with a, uh, unprecedented, uh, situation and trying to do the best we can as coaches and trying to keep the program, you know, intact, trying to keep everybody calm and keep everybody focused. And, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been actually a very demanding year in a lot of regards, just because of the unknown. Talk about last year a little bit. You had three athletes out at the NCAA tournament, the championship on the deck ready to go and they shut it down yeah I, I, we, we did not think that would happen we said hey we understand that other NCA championships have been canceled but you know since we're all here still in Ohio let's continue with the meet and they made some adjustments and you know took the parents out of the stands but yeah second night you know we're getting ready to go back for finals and I see my uh, my phone light up basically uh, canceled call this number get yourself home Good luck. It's just uh, 
surreal in a lot of regards. You know, we had yeah. uh, we had just uh, watched our diver freshman diver Andrew Bueller uh, make the top sixteen in the uh, on the one meter board. Just missed the top eight that afternoon. Uh, Leo Laporte, who uh, you know, I mean, he had he had been to the meet three years in a row, had never qualified in the top sixteen in hundred fly. Finally makes it back monkey off his back he's really really excited you know for finals that night probably would have gone 47 and 100 fly and he gets shut down but i think the one that probably affected us the most was avery fornicciari you know avery was a uh, captain of the team she was not really the best swimmer coming in the door but uh the progress that she made in four years going from 214 in the 200 fly to 203 just to make the national championship and she finally makes it in her senior year, her best event is on Friday morning, and they uh, or Thursday morning, and they canceled the meet. Uh, excuse me, Friday morning, and yeah. they, they canceled the meet Thursday night, and uh, that was just devastating. Devastating. It was. It was. I worked a lot with with Avery last year. She was a nominee for the the NCAA Woman of the Year award. So I worked a lot with her at the end of the end of the season last year, and it was to have her tell her story, to tell that story about coming in and sitting on the sidelines her freshman year and watching her teammates win a championship. And then the next year, she kind of contributed a little bit. In her junior year, she goes out and she wins a couple medals. And she misses a qualifying time by hundredths of a second. Maybe a tenth, two yeah. tenths. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. And then she comes back, dominates. You guys blow everybody Dominated. away at the championship last year. She had an unbelievable meet. And then they finally get where she wanted to get to, and it and it got taken away. It's heartbreaking, you know. Yeah. It, it's there's so many stories about that, and when it when it hits home, you kind of see when you know the athlete, and you get into it, it. It's tough. Yeah, and she, you know, I mean, as fast as she swam at the conference championship, uh, she swims the hundred fly in prelims at the national championship. Swims a half a second faster. I mean, she was on fire. She was just raring to go for that two hundred fly. So yeah, it was just uh, it was heartbreaking. Is there a is there a single greatest performance in your career that you, that you've seen here? I mean, I think I think it would be you know it'd be logical to you know talk about you know Ben Michelson and what he had done over his career, um, you know, almost breaking the American record his senior year, and you know, so I mean, it, there's there's been a lot of highlights. There's a lot of things that stick in my mind, but. Um, you know, it, you know, you think more about some of the more recent uh, recent events that we've had. And, uh, you know, Amanda Thomas winning her first national championship in the 200 IM and just listening to all the people, the coaches and the athletes on the deck saying, who is Amanda Thomas? You know, no one knew who she was, you know, and, and I remember walking over to her after she won the event. And I said, all right, listen, uh, the NCA and ESPN want to do an interview. She's like, what, what? I said, well, they don't interview the second place finisher. They only, they only interview the first place right. finisher. Right. You know, that, that was, that was a special one. And, and a, another very special one was Raymond Swerko. You know, I mean, he went to the university of Maryland. They dropped the program. He was a, breaststroke specialist, IM specialist. He decided to come to Southern Connecticut and uh, he wins the 200 butterfly at NCAs. Had he stayed at Maryland, had they not dropped the program, he would have never swum the 200 butterfly. So, I mean, you, you know, you just think about that. And, you know, I, I think, I think in a lot of regards, you know, I think that kind of, uh, you know, put a staple, you know, into our program because, 
people realize that it wasn't just a Ben Michelson or a Kristen Frost, you know, that we're, we've been able to develop athletes over our, over our tenure here. And, um, you know, the, every, every single event, every single performance is special. You know, I mean, I can continue to go on and on and let me tell you some, some great ones didn't even occur at the national championship. So, you know, we're still, you know, CJ and I talked about, you know, how we had won the women's meet this past spring and then we got shut down and we didn't even get an opportunity to celebrate the meet. And I remember we were, we came back into the office in August and I'm looking at my desk and I'm saying, Oh my God, I got memos from February <laughs> because we hadn't been in the office for four, four or five months. Right. But you know, right. um, you know, our women's team winning the, uh, any 10 championship going in underdogs by over 300 points and winning that meet by 30 certainly was a very, very special moment for our program. You guys, you guys led from beginning to end the whole way, the whole way down. Yeah, we, you know, we did, but you know, a lot of people, you know, kept saying, I mean, we were, we were watching all the, you know, all the comments that were being made on Twitter, you know, assumptions going to come back tomorrow. You know, they have a real strong team and they did, they had a real strong team, but we, uh, we swam, we outswam them. And, uh, you know, those, those are the, those are the moments that you really, really remember, you know, career. Well, we're talking about alumni. We have to touch on what I feel is is probably the, the strongest alumni group that we have in our athletic department. We Southern Southern has a lot of great athletic following, a lot of athletic backing for every program. Uh, it's probably due to the proximity of the athletes. There's a lot of local athletes, but you you've cast a wide net in your recruiting historically, and you have one of the strongest alumni bases anyone here. So, what's your approach in, in just just cultivating those relationships? Well, I'm, I'm just going to start it off and I'm going to hand it over to CJ because he does a tremendous job with that. Um, but it, again, that started with Bruce Hutchinson. You know, I mean, he, the relationship that he had, I knew when I had gotten the job here that I, I, I felt comfortable and confident that I could train athletes. The shoes that I knew were going to be a real difficult uh, pair to fill would, would be the alumni base because... Bruce just had a tremendous relationship. Even today, you know, when, when the alumni come back and they, they, you know, we have 50, 60, 70 alumni come back for an alumni meet when we have an alumni meet. Um, you know, it, you know, just to continue to hear the stories uh, about Bruce Hutchinson. I mean, he just has, uh, you know, I mean, he, he really, he's the founder of the program and he really started it off. But, uh, you know, I got to give kudos to this guy over here, CJ, because him and Matt Laprino, um, you know, are pretty much, you know, the, the, the guys that keep everybody informed on what's going on, keep everybody motivated, you know, and, and I really believe that, uh, you know, CJ and Matt probably played a huge instrumental role in the success we had, uh, you know, filling the stadium. Yeah, congrats on winning the sell out the stadium tour. Congrats to your program, CJ. Yeah, thank you. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's funny you talk about the alumni. And for me, you know, I've seen it ever since I was a freshman here. So in the fall of 95, when I started in the alumni meet, and there was probably about 30, 40 guys there at the alumni meet that year, you know. Um, and watched it continue to kind of kind of uh, continue that trend all the way through when I was coaching. And I think, you know, Tim mentioned Matt Laprino graduated in 2003, and I think he's done a really good job as, you know, he's not the um, 
oldest alumni that we have, but he's really done a really good job, I think, of keeping like this last 20 years group um, involved as well. But one of the most special, you know, moments for me, which I thought was really cool, was um, when we had our 55th year uh, celebration and we had teammate, uh, team members from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, you know, early 2000. Uh, you know, before 2015, and it was great meeting some of the guys in the team from the 60s and the 70s wow. and the 80s. You know, it was really cool, and everybody, similar stories about their experience here, you know, and, and the pride that they felt to be part of this program. And to this day, you know, part of the sell out the stadium campaign was was pretty easy, just reaching out to alumni. We have, like, a alumni Facebook page of, like, 250 members or so, um, and we're still looking to try to find more people for it, you know, because um, we definitely can do – more to find more of the history of the women's program uh, just because the programs were separate until 1999-2000. Um, and I'm so glad that they've combined because you can see just based on our top times and our record boards that the both programs have really flourished since it became a combined program. I think it speaks the success you have with the alumni that all you really need to do is send a note out and make a phone call. It speaks to what, what Tim, you do to, to, to keep this team together and moving in the right direction while they're here. Because they stay friends forever. We were at the championship, and, and you had alumni that were popping into the hotel, you know, to, to, to catch up with you and everything. And they just keep coming back. So you do a good job with them here, and they keep coming back to the program. So for you to say that, uh, you know, it was kind of it was kind of easy. It was kind of effort, effortlessly to, to to raise twice as much as the second place person and have more donors than anybody else combined is is pretty impressive. And it, that speaks to the success that you have in building a team now. It, it, that it, that part is great to see the alumni come back year after year and support the program it's probably the reason why the ne10 moved the meet from southern <laughs> connecticut to a neutral site because what was happening is that there were hundreds of alumni coming to the meet every single night and the coaches had just had enough of that because you know <laughs> you hear the big cheers this is our house and you know and everybody doing the southern chant and um you know i mean i can understand i can and and to be honest with you i mean we're really happy that it did move to a neutral site because we're able to go back to the hotel and actually relax between prelims and finals <laughs> when the meet was here we're cleaning the deck you know getting ready for finals not not uh you know not easy not easy running a four-day event what uh? What if you reflect back on your time here, your career from the beginning to to, to now, you know what what do you what, what what are you most proud of really? What what do you what do you you kind of sit back and look at you you read the the award that that came out the other day and you realize your place in the NE ten and we're in your place at Southern Connecticut. How do you how do you feel about that? I mean, I was to be honest with you. I mean, I've I've you know I know the stats, I know the numbers, but I was kind of shocked in some ways to kind of see it all down on paper for the first time. And, you know, I was going over it with my family. Um, you know, I, I mean, what am I most proud of? I'm, I'm probably most proud of the lifelong, le it's got nothing even to do with, you know, the performance itself. It's the lifelong lessons that are being taught to these ath student athletes on a daily basis and to see them actually, you know, start to believe in that and actually start to uh, utilize it in their lives. You know, I mean, I, I think that's probably one of the one of the more special aspects of what we do. You know, this is sometimes a lot of times a thankful job. 
You know, people don't realize all the behind the scenes issues that we have to deal with and, you know, travel and, you know, all the administrative responsibilities and just to see them, you know, uh, just really take it all in and grasp it and start to utilize it as part of their lives. I mean, I think that's probably one of the more special parts. How about you, Siege? What are you the most proud of? Um, you know, I'm just proud to be, you know, be part of this program, you know, and have the opportunity to come back to, to a place where, where I spent my college years as a student athlete and as a student and, um, you know, on the, on the athletic side to see where the program has like kind of grown to from when I was a, a student athlete. It's, you know, I'm really proud of that, but I'm proud of these kids, you know, and it, and it's funny, just the, uh, not necessarily just the swimming. I mean, one of the one of the proudest moments and we talk about, you know, sometimes you have success stories. So I'm not going to name a name here, but we had a student athlete who um, coming in as a freshman was uh, he was barely declared eligible by the NCAA to to compete. And he did a great job of towing that 2.0 line his first year um, after the first semester, his uh, sophomore year, he maintained his eligibility for championship part of the season. Well, we got an email from compliance saying he has to do, and there was about eight things listed, or he's not going to be eligible, you know. And this was a student that we worked close with, would make sure he was going to study hall, you know, stay on him, stay on him. After that moment, I'm pretty sure he made the dean's list um, three out of the next five semesters. And then last year, you know, so we were away in the spring when it was National Student Athlete Day. So we got the certificates in August and going through the certificates, and he was a senior last year. And he had a national student athlete certificate. So, you know, I contacted him, made sure he'd come get it, but I made a copy of it and I put it behind my desk, you know, because that's, that's what it's all about. It's about getting your degree and moving on. And so, you know, so that was, uh, you know, not a swimming accomplishment, but that was just like a life accomplishment. He did a great job of, you know, realizing that he needed to make better choices about different things. And he really, you know, kind of put his foot down and, and took care of took care of business on that end. And I know he didn't want to name him, but I'll name him Johnny Gaudio. <laughs> Johnny, Not you know. baby Johnny. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, those are truly the success stories. To realize that for a lot of student athletes that we've had over the years, if it wasn't for the sport of swimming and diving, I really believe that maybe they wouldn't have continued through their four years of college. Maybe they wouldn't have gotten a degree um you know it's the structure the discipline that's all you know the hard work the commitment the dedication that that you make to this sport and we like to believe that it reflects in everything in which you do in your life and i think johnny's just a great example of that when you talk about dedication we have two individuals with they've been been involved with this program for over 20 years and uh have or have have imprinted a, a, an incredible legacy already and and will be for years to come so i, I celebrate both of you and, and the careers you, you've had while you're here it's just it's impressive to see thank a, you a dynasty thank you we're in the midst of, of a dynasty oh yeah <laughs> let's keep it rolling that's right gotta keep it going that's it cubs what do you think ready for a little lightning getting to know you around let's get away from the serious sure. stuff and really, i don't even know really, what this is God. really figure out <laughs> ah this is him quill this is fun <laughs> this is a little fun so okay. i'm gonna and i'm gonna ask you a question we'll go oh boy. coach quill first and cj all right <laughs> Sounds this good, was guys. not pre-recorded. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite pool facility? Favorite pool? Southern Connecticut. That was the answer I was <laughs> looking for. Natatorium. That was the answer I was looking for. Love this facility. Hell's Gym? No. Hutchinson <laughs> Natatorium. That's, That's southern. All right. 
Favorite music artist? Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. He just passed away. Rest, rest in peace. Yes. Great. As a matter of fact, I was just watching YouTube last night, just going back through some of the Van Halen archives. Incredible, incredible artist. Definitely. Guns and Roses. Nice. Yep. Another great answer. Favorite movie? <laughs> Give me a couple. Throw uh, out a couple. Almost Famous. That is a good film. That movie. is a great movie. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> nice, CJ. That's a funny one. Another classic. That is a classic. <laughs> um, favorite TV show? Oh, boy. Okay, I don't want to go there. I'll say National Geographic. I was going to say Fox, but no. <laughs> National Geographic. National okay. Ge- Geographic Channel. That's pretty much what I'm watching most of the time. Awesome. Uh Currently, it's Everybody Loves Raymond, watching that oh. a lot on syndication. Hey, Ray. Yeah, never never watched it a lot uh, when it was on TV, so I'm kind of enjoying that right now. Oh, that's so. a great show. Great oh, show. Oh, you asked what favorite Expedition to the Edge. You got to watch that. Is that on Nat Geo? That's on uh, Discovery Go. You got to watch What's that. What's that about? It's about a uh, private yacht going through the Northwest Passage. It's the first private yacht to actually make it through the Northwest Passage in the... Uh, uh, Went up through the Bering Sea and awesome. incredible. Stuck in ice. You got to watch it. It's like five episodes. Um, what's one talent you have that no one knows? <laughs> <laughs> I know how to clean one heck of a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That, that, that's uh, they probably do know that though. But but uh, now you know. Um, I, I can. I'm a good landscaper. I know how to landscape pretty well. Siege. Uh, I'm not really that talented. I think you're very talented. <laughs> uh, I used to play darts in a dart league. There so you go. I was an all-star a couple of years. <laughs> you know, Joe Hines wanted us to ask you about the dart league, but we were going <laughs> to skip over that. <laughs> um, if you could have one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Steak. Love steak. What 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 kind of cut? I I I do, do the ribeye, rib but yeah, you know, I, like I mean, I'll, I'll I'll eat any, any good quality steak. You gotta go ribeye. Just some salt and I pepper. I love ribeye. No no seeds, just salt yep. and pepper. That's, That's what it. I'm talking so about. My wife always likes to like marinate them and put nah. teriyaki sauce and let let the meat just speak. plain salt and pepper. Yeah. How about you, Siege? Pretty generic, but I'll say pizza. I think I could live on pizza. Can't go wrong there yeah. either. Well, the next question, part two of pizza. Pizza is the answer. Then the next question is. Which one from New Haven? There you go. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Sally's. <laughs> modern. Yeah, I'm a modern guy too. Modern. I like modern. I'm a Peppy's guy. All right. Yeah, how about that? All right. Well, hey, those Hit are them all good, right though. Hey, I They're like Ernie's good. right here in Westfield too. Yeah, Ernie's, 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 Ernie's is good. Very good. I know my kids love Ernie's. I love Ernie's too. Um, what's one thing you haven't done off your bucket list that you'd like to do? <sighs> Um, I'm going to pass. <laughs> can I? Yeah, you can pass. That's the first pass. I That's like right. that. We, yeah, there's a first for everything. I don't know if I have, I don't really have a bucket list. Yeah, I don't think I've ever really even thought I about that I haven't really thought yet. about that. That's good. I might have to start though. I'm 53. I got to start <laughs> thinking about a bucket list. Um, who do you think the best swimmer of all time is? Oh, Michael Phelps. Obviously. obviously. I mean, you know, people have tried to make the comparison but what he did in his career may never be topped. Arguably, he may be the best Olympic athlete of all time in any sport. You have to understand the sport of swimming has changed dramatically. You know, this guy went from, you know, uh, 
you know, the sport used to be prelims and finals. Now it's prelims, semifinals, and finals. And for him to take on that event order, uh, you know, is really, you know, uh, superhuman. Same, CJ. I'd go with Howie Keck. He's <laughs> <laughs> one of our greatest donors. Yeah. Now, Howie Keck was a, uh, so Tim's early coaching career, uh, when I was coaching with him, you know, we had already mentioned Ben Michelson, but we had a, a great butterflyer, great backstroker, and Matt Hammerstrom, number of great freestylers to choose from, and we didn't have a breaststroker. So, you know, you can go on to the, the website and fill out a potential student-athlete form. So me and Ben... And Matt filled one out for a guy named Howie Keck, who was a <laughs> 54 breaststroker. And I and came out on that deck. Guys, we got him. We, we got the breaststroker. You know, ben created an email, so Ben was corresponding as Howie Keck with Tim. And it, I was wondering why they were amazing. laughing too that day. Well, Howie Keck, the best swimmer of all time. <laughs> Howie Keck. Yeah. That's great. Uh, this is one of my favorite questions. Um, dinner party of four. You can invite four people, dead or alive. Name the four people this is a tough one. The four people? Yeah. Could be anybody. Oh, boy. Um, my wife, CJ, and his girlfriend, Lisa. And uh, I get one more? One more. Oh, well, I can't. I, I'd have to bring both of my twins in. All right. Sorry. We're going to let Coach Cole break the rule. Out. Out. I, can't, I cannot. It's his show. I love both of them. You <laughs> kept it in the family. I like it. I love both of them unconditionally. I'd say uh, Tim... Jay, Ken, and Joe Hines. Let's go get some lunch or something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I think, yeah. I think, at Peppy's. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we'll go to four different pizza places. Um, no, you know what? I guess if I was going to put some thought into it, uh, not that I wouldn't think to go to get a meal with you guys, but um, probably my grandparents, my four grandparents. You know, awesome. So I've not seen them in a while. So Awesome. Well, that completes the lightning round. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. That might have been the most seamless lightning round we've had. Really? It was, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was nice. You know, we had a pass, the first career pass. <laughs> I didn't see the pass answer. coming. What was the question for the pass? The bucket list one. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on, guys. Thank really you. Really appreciate it. Us. Owl Nation, we are out. We'll see you next week for another episode for the Owl or Nothing podcast. Rate, subscribe, review. You can find us on anywhere you can find a podcast. 